Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast, where independent beauty entrepreneurs can get all the mindset, messaging, and methods they need to be unstoppable in beauty, business, and life. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast. Today I am joined by Stacey Hamlet. And uh, we actually met in a really neat way. We were just both commenting on a different post on Instagram. And we just connected, funny enough, at 4 a.m. in the morning. We were both couldn't sleep. (laughs) So it's so funny how you make connections with people. But we we realized very quickly, I thought she was in a different time zone. And then when I said it's 4 a.m. where I live, she said, same here. So that was funny. (laughs) But it is funny how you connect with people and you just end up attracting your kindred spirit. So um, Stacey and I have lots in common, probably even more than we realize at this moment. Um, but we're going to uncover quite a bit of that today in this interview. So stay tuned. And Stacy, please introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, thank you for inviting me. And thank you for that beautiful, like fun, organic way that we connected, because those are always the better ways to connect instead of the force, right? Um, I'm Stacy Hamlet. Um, I am. I have so many ways to describe myself, but mostly what people might want to hear is um, I'm a I'm a I'm a spirit of beauty and making the world a more beautiful place. Is in and my my journey took me from like the corporate world into the beauty industry in my late 20s and but I think that that was my connection to women I don't think I had to become good at hair so that I could have really good people that I love to have conversations with but I'm an entrepreneur um, I'm a lifestyle coach um, and I also do hair I own a salon with a boutique and I also created a business model for chair rental salons Awesome. Yeah, I think that is actually what drew me to your conversation. Um, yeah. on, it was on Thriver Society. So Britt Siva, mm-hmm. I've been following her. I was yeah. in Thrivers for many years. Yeah, she's um, genius. Yeah, so she's been a, a real inspiration. And uh, I, I just find her philosophy is really in- incredible. But again, we we were talking a lot about our life and how things have shifted and how we're trying to like expand our consciousness as well as our business models. Because I even noticed on your Instagram page, you've made some shifts there. So mm-hmm. talk about that and what prompted that shift and um, why you're enjoying that a bit more now. Well, I guess I do believe in the beauty of pivoting and perspective because we shed, we, we, we shed, we shed layers, we shed thoughts and we develop new ones and staying in a, a stayed situation has always proven to me frustration. So I like to evolve and, you know, Instagram is like bittersweet. You know, um, I love it's, it's almost feels like a journaling journaling place for me, (laughs) you know, to share. Um, and I do attract clients, but I am very, um, I'm very conscious about how much I, um, I, I open myself to places and I'm very conscientious about, you know, when I feel pressured and pushed to do things, it's usually a, an awareness that I come to saying, is this really right? So, um, yeah, I've been in the beauty industry after being in a corporate banking and insurance world in my late twenties after going through a divorce. And, um, 
I realized later in life that it was really my drive to connect with women. So um, on a deeper level, and that's really how it started. And it's been kind of a journey all along. I mean, as you know, as a stylist, we really, the minute we touch women and start having conversations, we have some amazing abilities to tap into that for um, our own gain as well. Yeah, I I feel like it is one of the absolute best industries in the world. I've all, mm-hmm. loved it, but I've also been in the food industry. I'm also in the yeah. hospitality industry, but it's always in a position of of service and taking care yeah. of people, being there for their happy moments, but also their sad moments. And yeah. it is a really um, great way to connect with people. But we do realize that in that journey, we often learn plenty about ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That is, a, I mean, a journey I've been going on. And even as the unstoppable stylist, right, that came out of a place where I was in a really low period of my marriage and our businesses. And, you know, I just had to keep going. I had to, you know, pull, put on my good big girl panties and get the job done, even when everything yeah. else was falling apart. And even lately, I've noticed in my own self that that is shifting because I don't know if I want to be the unstoppable stylist right. anymore. Yeah, right. even though I, I resonated with that for so long. My word of the year last year was unstoppable. But this year I've switched it and I want it to be ease. Mm. And um, just like, and I keep saying, because I kept saying to myself over and over when I was, even before I was trying to consider my word of the year and what I wanted it to sort of wrap around. But I just kept saying, just let it be easy, Sharon. Just let it be easy. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and and that, because I, I mean, there's been some struggle for so long and even the word unstoppable, and I've mentioned this in past podcast episodes, but that word, um, depending on what energy it is coming from can mean two completely different things. So yeah. it can be like, oh my God, I can't stop. I got to keep going. This is unrelenting. Exactly. Or it can mean like, I can do this. I can handle it. So while I haven't sh- completely shed that persona, yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm growing into something else. And the same message wasn't resonating with me. And messaging, mindset is so important. That's my whole thing is mindset, messaging, and then methods. Um, but the mindset was definitely shifting. And so the messaging has to has to shift. And the methods, mm. um, a lot of it's the same, but I'm, right. I'm exploring. And that's the part that I'm really exploring right now. And that's why I resonated with so much of your content on your Instagram page, especially um, just I, I could see the shift in you and yeah. I could see the way that you were attracting a, a different vibe into yeah. your life and how you wanted to work with people who were ready to step up and yeah. claim a different life for themselves. So talk a little bit about the way you coach um, and some of your core values when it comes to coaching your female clients. Oh, I love that. Um, interesting. Uh that I think as you were talking about Instagram and and how, you know, you've noticed that I was evolving, but also how I talk to different people, because I think we as women, we need to talk through things. Sometimes we keep it in our head and then it's just, you know, another thing in our head that we're mulling around and it gets lost. So, you know, I, I talk through that, but I work and and this is, it evolved too. So like I said, at the beginning, I was kind of in a man's world in the banking and insurance and so on and so forth. And, and it just didn't feel right to me. It didn't connect with me. And um, so the women I work with, and when I went to life coaching school back in 2014, I was a very uh, driven 
a business owner, a salon owner, and I've been through many different, you know, models and I'm always kind of creating solutions. And I, I, I used to view it as maybe I wasn't satisfied, but then I realized quickly it was because I, I am not really comfortable in complacency. And so that's really where I started evolving. Like, oh, it's okay. I don't want to be complacent with this, this box or thinking. And the, the values that I work through myself are the values that I teach. You know, I do have this a, addressing and welcoming and the curiosity around women's vibe and the vibe stands for values identity boundaries and energy that that encompasses all of us so what are our values and a lot of people think really what do i value it's not what you value it's your heartfelt values that come from your heart and that's what you're talking about right we all want to think oh what what do we want the world to see we value because we want them to resonate with it. But when you really think about what's coming from your heart, I used to operate at a different time in my life um, with security at the helm. Like I, you know, very similar. I went through a divorce and I was like, I never want to depend on financially with anybody else. So security became my thing. Security can mean and did mean money. And as I evolved, money just didn't feel right either. So, I mean, of course you, we want to feel, we wanna be secure with some financial security, but that can't be a driver, right? I mean, anybody who's driven by money ends up being derailed. So, so the heartfelt values is one of the first core things that I work through and I do this process called value solicitation and it's, it's eye-opening to um, women because we really process like the comparison of these values amongst the ones that they just spit out. So that's really fun. And really, you know, the identity piece, we're confused. And uh, well, <laughs> yeah, we're confused, I, but the world confuses us even oh, more. Oh, I, I hear you a thousand percent. Right? So we become so complacent to what we think we're supposed to look like, feel like, I do, and I've been writing a little bit more about this, just the in really touching base on some of the things that have always hit me differently. Like when people say, oh, you're so beautiful inside and out when they post something. And I was like, what is, why do we have to say that? Why can't beauty just be an umbrella of us encompassing our whole being? Pretty is another one. Oh, you're so pretty, you know, can be the description. I'm, I'm kind of a word nerd about things like that. So you see really, that in little girls, right? And I, I try to catch myself even when I have little girls come in the salon. I'm like, oh, yes. your hair color is so pretty. And I'm yes. like, oh, you know, like, yeah. and then I try to get like expand on it a little bit because I don't want to think that the little girls, all they have to think about is being pretty, right? But, True. but beauty is powerful. And this is where right. like, the name of my salon is called the Cat's Meow. And oh, I asked, where did you get that name? And I'm like, well, it's, it's all about how you look and how you feel is very closely linked. And, and we right. shouldn't feel bad about stepping into our power right yeah. it's not all about men or you know attracting men or yes, whatever. Like, no. You compare. no it's just like you know and I know for myself when things were really hard and I still had to show up at the salon every day of doing my hair and makeup was a real ritual 
yeah. almost in like, okay, the show must go on, Sharon. Mm, yeah. And you and it, but it it became a very calming thing for me to put on my red lipstick, right? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I might be sobbing in the morning, and then by the time the clients came in, I put on my happy face. And even though I wasn't, um, I wasn't faking it. I really right. was happy to see them and happy to yeah. have pleasant distraction from the chaos that was all around me at that time. So I do believe beauty is very powerful in that, but like everything in life, it's not everything. Right. And, uh, well, it's about really curating what we, what we find is important anymore. And that shifts as we, as we age, right. right, um, right. Our standards of when we were youthful, <laughs> not always the same. Yeah. Well, youth um, and beauty are, are confused, confusally, if that's a word connected, and you've seen it. I mean, we've seen it in the beauty industry, but we've seen it plastered all over the internet, the the gray movement, the silver movement. But at the same time, there's been almost um, some of the shaming that happens with it. That's where the beauty thing goes goes bonkers for me. You know, beauty is about, you know, the our own choice and feeling connected to what we want to feel. And if I say to, if I look in the mirror and say, who are you with gray hair? I don't feel as, as young or like myself who I feel like. So feeling confident and comfortable with that connection of, of the inside out, right? You know, the beauty, let's get real. The beauty industry is a trillion dollar business for a reason. We all want to look more so-called pretty, beautiful, attractive, whatever it is, but we get to decide what that means to us. Yeah, and, and I yeah. love that. Like there's people who ask me, like, what's trending now? I'm like, seriously, anything you. goes. Whatever <laughs> you love. And and yes. I I've said for many years, long before the whole silver fox thing and it yeah. became such a big thing. But I'm like, if you're only coloring your hair to cover up gray, you are missing out on a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> right? yes it's like right. that's not it. I mean, I started coloring I my hair that. when I was young, young, young. Yes. And yeah. uh it was for fun. I certainly wasn't col coloring gray or covering up gray at that stage right. of my life. And I I mean I don't even worry about my gray hair coming in right now. It's that's not the thing. I prefer to be red versus um just the boring brown that I <laughs> right right and, uh, you know that's it so I mean that's when I'm covering up is more my brown than it is my gray right because I see those little sparkles coming through there and they don't bother me um but it, it right. is the dull brown that hits there so you know right. it's, it's it's different to every person and you know I've been all every color I just end up coming back to red almost every time um yeah. eventually I circle back to red because you know it, it just makes my skin glow a little bit more right I feel a little bit more alive and more vibrant more me um but I was well, not I mean you just it. said it you just said it like brown doesn't mean it's boring for other people it just was boring for you and when we accept truly accept who we are in a level in this place in our heart it really doesn't matter what color our hair is to anybody else. It doesn't really matter, you know, the colors the, of lipstick and all of those things. It's what makes you feel connected to you in a different way. And when somebody reveals their silver or gray hair in their life, that's the beautiful part of them. I mean, as you know, as a stylist, we go through different conversations with women who want to uncover their gray um, or cover their gray. And, um, I think it's a personal decision, but 
I do know if you are doing it for money, saving money, or if you're doing it for time, you'll probably struggle looking in the mirror every day, you know, because those are not drivers. I mean, when we want something, we're going to make the time and we're going to spend the money. Um, and it just is one of your values. You know, I don't spend my money on certain things that other people would. Um, but that doesn't, that means I'm, I'm okay with the choices I make and, and we should all be okay with our own choices. It's the shaming of the choices that really messes up this beautiful world of beauty that we live in, you know? Yeah. And I, I think sometimes else. we're guilty of doing that more to ourselves than anybody else is actually yeah. doing that. You know, yeah. I find that with so many things in my life, like Sharon, nobody is pressuring you yeah. as much as you are pressuring you so mm -hmm. like quit being such a hard taskmaster you know yeah um you have yeah. Su such high expectations of yourself mm -hmm. um that you know why yeah <laughs> why, right why are right. you pushing so hard you know right and that's right. why I kept saying let it be easy let it be easy it doesn't always have to be a a forced thing and so that's where you know we, I was sitting down with my assistant and we were trying to you know go through this rebrand because my salon is about to um, celebrate 20 years in business next year. Congratulations. Year, in a couple months, April. Yeah. Next year, but I'm like, ah, I'm not next year. <laughs> next year. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been a real good period of mm. reflection and just allowing myself to like, just be the observer in all of this. Like, yeah. how's this feeling? Like, there's just, there's less pressure. And obviously I'm in business. I want to make money. I've got, you know, yeah. to pay back that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's been actually really nice just to step back and have a look at things instead of just, you know, constantly moving forward blindly, right? <laughs> going, I well, isn't that, going, isn't I that, that, you said the magic word, you know, when we, when you, we, all of us step back and we do become the observer, we can get a bird's eye view of what's going on within us, below us, wherever you look, and you get a clearer view. I mean, if you're only in front of yourself or behind yourself, you're only seeing the front and back. You don't really see all the things that come into play. And that really is such a part of it. And, you know, back to the vibe, like we, you know, have values and, and come into our own identity of what feels right. Boundaries, they expand us and the world has been told boundaries are you stay over there. There's a defined line. But if we really look at them like bumper pads, they kind of allow us to roll around in places that we get to explore. Right. And we get to discover yeah, right. and the energy we use in that. That's the E part of it. It's like how much energy, like you just said, are we putting in pushing, right? How much energy are we putting in pushing in people and like, because it makes us, um, it does allow us to feel more confident when we see that we're making an impact when in fact, you know, we want to allow that exposure and that blossoming of the people that are sitting either in our chair or, you know, as, as coaching clients or just people in our life, you know, we don't need to slam and shove like the gray hair in our face or coloring and you know it's not black or white that's a beautiful 
beautiful shade of gray that we get to move within. Yeah, yeah. all the colors, all the colors, right? All the colors, all the colors. Yeah, yeah and this is just the mood we're in right now, and that's okay. We can change and grow. And I always say, nobody likes change like a hairdresser. <laughs> and I did notice on one of your posts that you said, I know you're not afraid of change, but I can't remember how it went, but I know you're not afraid of change because you are speaking to people who have yeah. generally been in a, a world where change is, you know, obviously happening all of yes. the time, right? Yeah. And, and I say, like, we can't really be in the business of promoting change if we're not willing to embrace it. Um, but you right. said something after that, which is like, it shifted the perspective. Like, I know you're not afraid of change, but change is still like a little little sticky, right? It's, it's friction. I mean, yeah. in stress, stress, um, you know, the stress of change is really being in one point place and wanting to be somewhere else because we, we can imagine, oh, this is where I want to be, whether it's weight, whether it's money, whether it's career professional, you know, we see something and it causes a stress because we see it, but we don't really know how to get there. And we don't even know if we really actually want it. We just know that it looks really good to us right now where we're at. And like, you know, again, going back to, you know, really when we pause and we just become the observer, what is it about this that is enticing me? What is this going to, you know, what's this going to make me feel like when I'm a size whatever, or if I have this, what, what is this going to cause as a feeling that I'm desiring right now, you know, and another process that I take clients through is um, a desire process. Like imagine coming up with 151 desires, the word desire throws somebody off before anything. We don't really, we're not tapped into what we desire enough because we have been, you know, raised by generations. We hear the, you know, the world around us telling us this is what we should have and this is what we should be and this is the what the a real happy person looks like, you know, and you know, I I, you know, I say F that. That's not true. <laughs> um, you know, my husband and I sold our, you know, beautiful home in the country, you know, right after the world opened up. We had no thoughts of doing that. We only had bought this house three years ago. And uh yeah, it came to us as an offer. I mean, from a client sitting in my chair, I said, I have a buyer for your you know, house right now. And I was like, well, I'm not, I wasn't selling it. And she's like, I know, but you should. <laughs> and, really? then, and so, right. She took me out of the comfort zone. She took me into this place of change. And I was like, well, how would I do that? Where would I live? And that's the, that's the, you know, and then, we had boundaries and values and they were our bumper pads. And we said, well, this would work. And what are we going to do about this? And we have grown children and two of them live away. And we allowed ourselves to really be the observer of what our life would look like without it. And we ended up buying an RV. We lived in that for a year. Now we rent two different places and the world's like, aren't you going to buy something? Aren't you going to buy? And I was like, no, <laughs> not we it's, nothing's drawing us to that but that that person might be uncomfortable with the thought of not having the stability of home now we mourned the loss of what we thought that home was going to be to us we mourned and grieved what we had told ourselves to believe and what we believed and i think that's the process if if we really can allow something to show up 
and invite it in and just play with it for a little bit. You know, we just, I have like a, a little mantra, it's pause, play, pivot, and then pursue it. You know, just play around with the idea. Nobody's saying you have to jump in, right? I don't have to think about this right this minute. If it's, yeah. it's causing me stress, I have to sort of realize like, mm-hmm. okay, nothing bad is happening right this minute. <laughs> you can set yeah. that aside and, and let it percolate for a little bit, right? Instead yeah. of having to make a hard and fast decision, because so much of my life has been making hard and fast mm-hmm. decisions, right, right? In business and in life, right? And and decisions I didn't want to make. And, you know, I, I could see when I suffered when I didn't make the ones that I should have made right away. Um, but right. I can see where I made decisions too quickly. And then that caused some you know, friction as well. Right. So it's that pause. I think that's really nice that, uh, that permission to pause right. and that's what I'm doing again right now. I mean, obviously things are still moving forward. I'm still renovating, yeah. still you yeah. know, doing things, but it, uh, in certain areas, you can't, sometimes you can't pause your entire life, but you no. can pause a pocket Part. here there yeah. Yeah. that would just give you a little bit of breathing space, a little bit of room, a yeah. little bit of space to make those decisions and feel good about them. Right. And, and I, like I that. love that you said there's the pausing a part of you. And I think that's the real key to what happens and can happen is we feel, you know, like there is a feeling like if, you know, cause we think about the domino effect, but you, you just, you nailed it right on the head. Like we can just pause apart and give ourselves room, give ourselves the space to breathe. It's like a balloon that's so full of helium and we just kind of let a little air out and it's like oh there's a little bit of play in there a little bit of bounce and it doesn't feel quite as hard from there yeah and that's it like let it be easy Mm. not everything has to be hard yeah (laughs) right and and business can be hard right and life can be hard you know people say life is short life is sweet it's like no it's the longest hardest damn thing you'll ever have to do Right. So right. we need to honor that, that some things are really sticky. And that's where having a coach or having a mentor or having a good support group of family and friends can be so powerful. Like I actually was watching this thing uh, recently, just about the blue zones where people uh, around oh, the world yes. live yes. longer, right? Like yeah. almost yeah. to a hundred. And yeah. Uh, yeah. what was it about their lifestyle? And uh, I do believe it was, you know, sponsored by the Seventh-day Adventists who are vegetarians. So there was a lot about right. plant-based, but right. um, we watched a bunch of different shows that were kind of along that line. But you can't deny that whole idea of community and, you know, your health. Like you were at a Pilates class this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Your relationships, um, your your mindfulness, right? All of that is yeah. so important. We're not one-note human beings, right? There's lots of different facets about us. And I think when we really struggle is when we're denying those parts mm, of us yeah. and trying to quiet the wants, but, you know, still yeah. have needs. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. So and the shoulds like, and the, and the yeah. you know, have tos. And yeah. Yeah. I, I did watch that blue zone too, because I also went to the school of integrative nutrition. So, um, you know, health does not mean, you know, being a vegan, you know, exercise queen at all. It's really being healthy within our soul and in our bodies. And we get to make those choices. But um, the blue zones, I'm always been fascinated by because, you know, again, they're harvesting their food They're They have like family gatherings. Like it's when it's when they're like, nervous system is at its peak by just natural occurrences mm-hmm. and natural choices that they make and not like 
I have to go to this region and eat potatoes yeah. and that's yeah. it. Like that's not it. Right. But I love that. And I just, I was fascinated. Like they're just hard workers, but life isn't hard. There's yeah. such a difference. Right. And, and, and just, there's an ease to it. Right. And right? a nice, a gentle rhythm. Right. And even some of it wasn't like they were going to work out. Right. They were just walking up well, the yeah. steep hill that was the, yeah. where the house was. Right. Yeah. You know, just yeah. that daily movement and activity and and all of those things. I think it's just so interesting. And, you know, even if you're not trying to live to 100, these are good practices to integrate into our daily right. lives and just again be mindful of what we're what what is really going to make us feel whole. Yeah, um, that is, is so important. And even with the unstoppable stylist, I felt like that was cutting off a big part of of me and that's why we're yeah. shifting this is going to be an amazing resource for hairstylists this podcast but we're actually shifting the podcast um to be the style your life society podcast because like I don't just do hair right I had I, right. was in I had a spa I also right. own boutique motel I was in the restaurant industry for 25 years as in addition to the salon industry right um so all of those things are important to me I'm a parent right grown two grown amazing boys you know like um, there's, there's so much more to me and I feel like I can offer so much more to the world than just mm. this narrow-minded focus. Like even in my salon, I always found it very difficult just to niche down and just, just be a blonde specialist. Like I, yeah. Had, to do yeah. it. I had to do it all. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, and, and it gets, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with you too, because I'm sure blonde specialists don't just do just blonde. They just, that they perfected this in a way that they can share it. Doesn't mean that they don't do brown hair people. Right. And I love that. And I, I think when you said, you know, we are not only stylists, you know, I think that's the thing. I don't know about you, but I started, you know, when I was almost 30 and this past year, I had 30 years in the beauty industry mm -hmm. and, uh, and I just navigated wanting to find my peace and have it have ease to it and have it feel free to me. But like you said, you know, there's times when I was like, wow, this really feels hard and I feel confined. And, um, and those were the times when you just say, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't what I want in my life. And I love that because some stylists may work until, you know, whatever age, the ripe, the ripe age. And I, I see beautiful humans doing hair and, you know, physically it hasn't, um, you know, been, been something that I can do, but also it doesn't really secure my soul that way. And when I am with clients, um, I love it, but I don't know about you, but since the pandemic, when we got out of complacency and off copilot, autopilot, um, I've let go of a lot of clients that were not bringing me the joy that I wanted to have in my chair every day. And I think that there's been a big conversation on, you know, social media about how to so-called fire clients and, you know, fire, firing clients. I always say, just, you know, set them free because, yeah. you know, they can feel it. I know. It. Sometimes it's a bit harsh. I am very blessed. Like I, I love going to work. I have yes, the most amazing clients and some of my clients I've been doing for 25 years since before yeah. my kids were born. And I absolutely, yeah. I feel like it's very privileged work, yes. um, but of course clients come and go and I've never been super attached. 
mm -hmm. um, in that way that I couldn't yeah. let them go. Like as you've said, yeah. and then I would run into them in the grocery store, be like, "Hey, yeah. how's it going?" And hug yeah. them. And I was just at uh, the store the other day, and I ran into two different clients. And my partner, he's not from around here, and yeah. uh, he's like, "Oh my God, you always run into people you know." <laughs> I'm hugging. Hairdressers know whatever. everybody. Yeah. So, but it's fun. I love that about. You know, and um, people say, oh, you've got to have boundaries. Don't let people message you off your hours. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm always like texting clients, picking my phone. I'll find like I have Pinterest boards for specific clients. I will find something that I love. I'm like, oh, my God, check out this hair and I'll send it to them. And that's just me. So those are and that's fine. Right. If that's not your boundary, my kids know I live, breathe and I, I work. They worked in our businesses as well. So they get it. Yeah. Um, it's not that I ignore my children for my clients. I don't, right, right. but they get it. That's how they get fed. Right? Yeah. It's, 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 and it works for you. I'm the complete yeah. opposite. Like I work through a texting app because I don't want people to have my phone number. I, and also because I, I coach, but that's, I, isn't that the most beautiful part of it is like, we get to make choices that really work for us and, yeah. and the solutions and suggestions out there in the world you get to pick and choose what works for you. You get to pick and choose who you idolize. You get to pick and choose how you want to work and live. And you get to have the most amazing working and living experience. Like it's, and it's designed by you. Yeah. No and I love that. And I think, again, we need to give ourselves permission to design the life we love, the style of life you yes. love. I say, like we actually have more choice than we think. So yeah. talk about a little bit, because this is, you know, a resource for our stylists about your transition and how you um, you went through like salon ownership and you're still in the salon, but you've shifted. And this is actually what started the conversation between us. You've shifted to a booth rental salon yeah. or chair rental, yeah. Yeah. Um, however you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and how that. Yeah, because I think you had made some comments saying I've designed a way to make this work for people um, in a, a new and fresh way and message me. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Right? So yeah. There's a new yeah, there's always a new spin on things, right? Hence the chair, you know. Um, well, I, you know, as a stylist, I started out as an apprentice and I worked my way up. I became management and then I moved on and rented a chair because I wanted every other Saturday off to start raising a family that didn't really work in the salon I was at. So I went and rented a chair that was really great for a few years and I still felt like this community and connection was missing. So I started my own salon quickly realized that, um, you know, there was a hostage situation going on in my soul. And, um, I was like, well, this isn't really what I thought. And it was bigger than, you know, it was bigger in my, in the, in what I expected. And then I expanded that and little by little, the world, became bigger and I was becoming smaller and that's what didn't feel right to me. And, and so I was in a high rent district um, when the pandemic happened and I was just starting to develop my coaching programs and things. And um, I worked really hard, but I had to, you know, I had to survive, you know, create a create, create survival in my salon. And I, when I went to health uh, lifestyle coaching school many years ago, my main goal that came up in my journey was I wanted to help women who want to help themselves. And so as that being a mantra in the back of my heart, every time, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 58. So I'm in a different generation than the younger people. And it just, so it wasn't, um, 
it wasn't really congruent with my goals. Um, and I, I think the youth really need some amazing um, um, guidance and love for their amazing way of thinking. But so anyways, I had this high rent district, but I didn't really want to manage people anymore. I just wanted to manage our relationship within the work, but I have a high rent district. So I started working with some pretty amazing like um, people in, you know, one who, you know, spreadsheets and stats and numbers and how I came to this and I designed it particularly for myself. Like, how can I share a chair because, you know, I always felt like, hey, that chair does not belong to you. It belongs to me. Like, I pay for it. And so that was always my thing. Like, that's not your chair. That's mine. You're just getting the time in it to do your work. And um, so that's how chair sharing came up. Started working with, and I also worked with, a, um, as a coach for a company that really, um, that I, that worked for my business for a long time, which was being team-based so that really worked for a part of it and it helped me get into a better way of leadership and understanding all the leadership parts of business so all of these pieces just because I don't have them anymore doesn't mean that they don't work it just means it wasn't for me so I was like I feel like there's got to be something out there and I just started creating it and really like it was so fun I mean I had dry erase boards all over this one office and just went down and it's still kind of perfecting itself but in the grand scheme of things it's really how do we share this chair both the stylist and the salon owner really want the freedom and flexibility that the world talks about (laughs) this sorority vibe that can happen in a chair rental like you come in and you have to earn your way and you have to do this and and it just never, it always felt like there was some kind of hierarchy. And I was like, well, really it's, it's collaboration. Like they would want to have the chair filled when they're not using it so that the salon that they really like working in can succeed. So different salons have different ways that they can do it. Like I offer color that people measure and they just pay for it. So they don't have to have a big space and a big uplift of investment. Um, I have a boutique, I have my own um, hair care label. So I've really created ways to have a really um, um, alternative generating revenue, but because I didn't think I could have my chairs generate the revenue, but then when I realized chairs can generate revenue and Um, so there's just, um, if you want, you know, two days a week that you don't rent a chair for the entire day, you, you know, create the hours that you want. It does, it goes on a schedule and so on and so forth, but, you know, we built in flex time, we built in vacation time and it's not from me, it's a membership base. So they pay a membership and they get the membership and these benefits that come. So, you know, I have had stylists come to me who only want to work two weeks out of the month and the other two weeks they don't. So like in a traditional chair rental world, it's like, well, you just, you got to pay for the month or you got to pay for the days. Yeah, that's but, not, 
you know, there's moms, like there's moms who are stylists. There's some stylists who want to work 12 hours, but they only want to work three days. Maybe they want to work five. So there's memberships built on where you're at in your career and in your life. And I think that's really important. Um, and so. Can I ask you, how many chairs do you have in your salon? I have um, 10 chairs, six real operating chairs, um, and that we have blow dryers at, like that's the structure. And we have four chairs that can be used um, either for processing or things that you don't really need to have a blow dryer or things at. But if you think about it, let's just say an average is, you know, $1,000 a month. And just to make money, to, to make numbers easy, you only really can ever earn $6,000, right? Yeah. Well, when you share the chair, you can have 30 stylists. What if you have all your stylists want to only work, you know, three days a week, one works eight hours, one works four hours, and you fill those spots in because I don't want to see a chair sitting there not being used like that stylist mm -hmm. who might pay for the chair. So are there, are there parameters around that? Yeah. Some people may not want to, they might want the ease of I know I'm only scheduled for four hours, but I'm going to take a client in. So you have to be able to resource a schedule to see if there's a chair available. Well, that's respect for I have a business and this is my business is renting you chairs to make it work for you. It's not not everything, not even when you rent a chair or our commission, not everything is going to be perfect. It just needs to be right for you. Yeah. Right? I'm not here to solve and reinvent the wheel. I'm here to say, here's an alternative to all the things out there. Um, that is the thing with the, the salon industry is there's so many different models yeah, that can be adopted yeah. and they can all be like, you know, sort of variations of a theme. I yes. saw another similar thing like this, to, um, that helps, um, big salons really fill their chairs called artist on go. And I've, I've Oh yeah. Yes. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so similar kind of thing. You pay like a membership and you can yeah. go to various places and right. you know especially for freelancers or you know whatever exactly exactly and, and go to the place that matches your vibe so that's really so what is the name of your salon if people want to look it up or how can they like get in touch with you if that's something like if say they live in vermont and that's really appealing to them how do they get in touch sure with you? sure the name of my salon is this is urban and um it used to be urban salon team and that's when we were a team-based business and it's always been that but this is urban it's really like this you know, comfortable, like stylish city vibe, but really down home. And um, that's where it, it's called um, Urban Salon and Gift Boutique on Instagram. But you're probably easier to find me at Namastacy, which is S um, N A M A S T A Y S E E, because it's me saying, stay seeing things in potential, not just my name. And, um, uh, but also, you know, you can see on my, my LinkedIn bio, you know, my linked bio that, you know, I have other options to just, you know, reach out to me. I'm, you know, this doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy. You yeah. Know, so do you, what, do you, what do you offer, <clears throat> excuse me, women, you know, who are maybe not entrepreneurs or maybe not stylists? Yeah. Um, yeah. What in form of life coaching? Cause I, I noticed that you do like NLP and, yeah. and all of those really alternative sort of therapies. Um, as part of your coaching, uh, which I find really fascinating. 
Well, sometimes, um, I mean, these are all just modalities that get used. Um, you know, it's not only what I do. And, you know, like I'm working with a professor right now. I'm working with a doctor right now. I'm working with a realtor right now. And um, it's really just really wanting to show up and lead your life, you know, uh, and live a life you love. And how do we express ourselves, like show up, speak up? you know, and really be who we, you know, really organically want to be. How do we glow in our life? And um, so I, you know, I offer a 12-week coaching program that, you know, is really personalized. It's, it's you know, like I said, it's bumper pads. And, is that um, group coaching or one-on-one? -on -one? No, that's a one-on-one. -on -one. I also do a month-to-month, -month, which is um, called Liberate Enlightened. If you just really want to work through something you know, maybe your word for the year or you're working on transitioning something, um, which is a 90 minute session. And then you just have Voxer, which is um, an app where you can talk and text. I am developing a community right now um, that I want to, that I'm starting to have the criteria I just announced the other day where, you know, we want boundaries, but let's just have them be bitchless because resentment I, I and saw hard, that. Harvard, Harvard feelings are really what make us bitchy. And, and if we get ahead of it, when we get ahead of it, they don't have to be bitchy. And uh, every time I say bitchless boundaries, ever since like way back, I was like, let's just get some bitchless boundaries. And um, hopefully nobody takes this, but it's like, you know, let's get this movement um, so that we can really have boundaries that that is not a negative, you know, boundary setting can come from uncomfortable things, but, you know, it doesn't need to be, you know, you know, keep your distance. Don't talk to me like that. You know, kind yeah, of I do find that's the vibe sometimes on Instagram and I'm a bit repelled by that as I well. Know. I think it, we can have a much more positive um, spin on almost everything. Really? I'm with you. I'm with you. Spin on everything. Even when women say, yeah, I don't care about that. And I was like, well, we do, but it, let's get to a point where that doesn't matter in our decision-making and choices and movement and life, yeah, because it's it like, can be good we, for everybody. we're, you know, if we're constantly like fighting, you know, arguing, you know, that the points, you know, it's keeps us in there instead of being the observer. How can this benefit me? How can this, you know, really benefit others, you know, because boundaries do others. benefit others as well, right? Yeah. They people yeah. know what to expect, just like your children. If you yeah. give your children some boundaries, they know what to expect. And if you mm -hmm. you stick to those rules and you know the consequences yeah. might follow breaking them, like they do in real life. Um, right. they understand that, you know, that yeah. if you don't break your room. I used to say to my children, like, I've only got one rule. Are you breaking my one rule? And that was always be nice. Just be yeah. nice. If you don't clean yeah. your room, that's not very nice to mommy who works very hard to keep a nice right. house. And right. you know, I'm not, I mean, if you look around my house right now, you would not, <laughs> but I am still like, I'm renovating all my spaces and, and my salon renovation starts in February. So it's like, you got it all, you got it all at the same time. It, well, that's just been my life. Right. And, and people think, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't honestly know, but I just, I don't, um, I try not to get overwhelmed. Right. And I saw right. that that was another thing I saw on your posts was you're not, you're not overwhelmed. You're just overthinking it. Thinking. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, as somebody who used to wake up regularly between one and four every morning and do a ton of work <laughs> on the computer, I yeah. built most of our websites between those hours because I couldn't yeah. 
sleep. I was overthinking of this. So I thought I must well just get up, but my life was- Plus you're not being bugged. Up. You know, that's why we were up. We're like, oh, yeah. we get to have these conversations and thinking of our own and and it's like quiet time and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, like, you know, overthinking is really a, a battle most of us, you know, women- you know, really struggle with because we, you know, let's get, I wrote it too. You know, we have ovaries where we make humans, like we have to be empathetic. We have to feel yeah. for other people's, but, but when you said, um, I, uh, it, what hit me when you were talking about your kids, you know, the rules and the goals and stuff, but you also said it with love. Like I love you, but I also love me in a way of when we all work together we all win together. And that's really the message you were teaching them too. Not like, don't F with this process I have that keeps me on track. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm saying these are the things that really help us be a family with, with less chaos. And I found too, okay, it's just my, my, my oldest was kind of, he's four years older than my youngest child and he was hitting his little brother. And mm -hmm. I'm like, do I hit you? And he's like, no and I'm like do you want me to start and he's yeah. like no I'm like yeah then we don't hit people right, right? like this isn't I just have to like right. smack his hand or whatever I'm like right. no no like, yeah. this is how you want to operate we can all start operating this way right. <laughs> but I, this is not what I want so let's let's right. change that okay yeah. Yeah. Be, you know it's just a different way to approach things you don't always have to like get, yell and scream at them but I'm like right it's not okay right, right. right. and sometimes you, don't hit you people do in this yeah yeah, and sometimes you do need to yell his It's not nice. Well, it's not nice, right? I know. And, nice. uh, and and I apologize if I haven't been nice to them too, because sometimes I, you know, I'm a passionate right. person. Sometimes I yell right. and scream or right. swear right. at my children. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, they know it's coming from love and a little bit of you know frustration as yeah. well. You know, let me yell and then I'll calm down, and it'd be well, okay and, with apologizing. And you're, and you're saying it in this time too, like. Like you have, you know, some moving parts going on. So your attention is in some places that you maybe weren't a month, a year or two years ago. So you're learning how to think about these things and compartmentalize and have your own thinking boundaries around them. And um, so, you know, you're communicating with them like, you know, this, the, these are the things that really matter to me. And um, when we do that, like the boundaries are you you help people understand how to treat you you know that's the beauty of it is they are meant to help you become and be present be out and not be invaded um or but also expand yourself and you know and then we can you know transparency and communication is is you know something because we text and we're behind screens a lot that we lose this interaction, which is why I want to develop and am in the process of developing developing a you know a community of women who can just show up you know twice a month where we talk about how you know whether it's bitchless boundaries of of a outline or just how we struggle with even saying those things, you know, as kids, like I said it, but I'm not sure I really like the way I said it. My point that I want to get across is, you know, in raising children, working, being entrepreneurs, you know, being friends, being aunts, being moms, being grandmothers, we're always questioning what should and shouldn't we do along with what do we want to do? You know, I'm yeah. a grandmother, so I have to bite my tongue a fair <laughs> amount, but 
Be- yeah. only, and the only reason I have to bite my tongue is because I just think differently. That doesn't mean my way of thinking is right. It just means I'm like, oh, I probably wouldn't have done that. You know, it's not my place. I read something the other day that said, if, you know, I might not get this right, but it's like, if you're correcting somebody on their, you know, grammar or pronunciation, they don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> And I and it sat really hard with me because I tend to do that with my husband. He's like, really? Do you need to tell me every time? I I go, well, I do because you're not even getting it right, and and you just sound foolish. Yeah, <laughs> nobody like, likes to be scolded. I I say yeah, that all the exactly. time, right? And, yeah, and I mean, my, well, it's it, funny actually because my partner he, he um he'll be like if I do something stupid or he'll be like put your hand like that and he'll sort of put his hand out for for him to slap it kind of thing yeah. but I started going why are you gonna kiss it and I would shove it right in his face <laughs> like a princess right <laughs> so now I'm, anytime he does it like he's not really scolding me but he's just like yeah, I, I know do something silly right I, <laughs> I know I know but I mean we so I turned that around because I don't want to have this any weirdness because I could get offended by him saying something you know like right shushing me or whatever right yeah <laughs> making fun me. of my driving but I just turn it all into a joke because yeah you, you know you have to figure out where the intention is coming from when exactly. people say things to us and I see again I see that a lot on the internet people getting so offended by what people say and I'm like they meant well like just take it for right, what, right. how it was intended not for how it came out and how your right. ears accepted right. it you know right you have to yeah. step back for a minute just repeat again where people can find you and um, what sort of things you offer quickly for our listeners out there who, you know, maybe are a little bit stuck in their life uh, and you know, want to be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, you can just easily go to, if you're not on you know, social media, you can go to www.lifestylingwithstacy.com. That's probably the easiest place. Um, I am on Facebook and Instagram as uh, Namastacy, um, N-A-M-A, stay and see. Um, but yeah, I think Instagram, um, my website and I really enjoyed connecting with you, you know, other beauty professionals doing amazing things. Congratulations on all, all you're doing and giving. And, uh, I look forward to connecting with you and, and the people that are listening in the future. Thank you everyone for joining us here today on the unstoppable stylist. I'm so grateful you decided to spend your time with us. I know it's precious as always go out there and make the world a more beautiful place check out the unstoppablestylist.com for even more help to grow your beauty business and style a life you love